Several years ago, William and I went down to see the historic boat, the Cutty Sark. And um, as we went down there, the pavement around the boat had been completely redesigned. It was the grand opening week of this area. And as we walked across the different layers of the pavement, I suddenly tripped and fell. Uh, it was a really embarrassing moment. You know, you just feel so conscious when you fall in public that, oh, what have I done? You know, was I wearing the wrong pair of shoes? Had I uh, tripped over something? Was I not concentrating, not looking where I was going? And as I sat there on the pavement, I realised that my ankle was injured and I couldn't get up. And so we looked around and there was a coffee shop just across the road. So William helped me get up and I hopped over to the coffee shop. And I thought, if I can just sit in the coffee shop with some ice on my ankle for a few minutes, then hopefully I'll be fine. But it wasn't to turn out like that because actually I had broken my ankle. And that moment was gonna cause me some trouble over the next few months. And you know, moments like that happen in our life, don't they? Last week, Phil was speaking about the fact that the prudent give thought to their steps. And that actually, if you approach life with thoughtfulness and you look to strengthen your life with wisdom, you can avoid some of the pitfalls of life. But there are moments where times of trouble just overwhelm you. And actually, as a nation, we're going through a moment like that right now. And Proverbs has something to say about that because Proverbs contains lots of verses which talk about stumbling and falling and straight paths and crooked paths and how we can deal with those kind of times of trouble when they come. So we're gonna look at Proverbs chapter 24. It's in the middle of a section of 30 wise sayings. Some of those sayings are connected to each other. Some of them stand alone and some of them actually seem to contradict each other. So I'm gonna do my best to bring some wisdom to you this morning. Let's read this passage together, Proverbs 24. Proverbs 24, beginning at verse 10. If you falter in the time of trouble, how small is your strength? Rescue those being led away to death. Hold back those staggering towards slaughter. If you say, but we knew nothing about this, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who guards your life know it? Will he not repay everyone according to what they have done? Eat honey, my son, for it is good. Honey from the comb is sweet to your taste. Know also that wisdom is like honey for you. If you find it, there is a future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. Do not lurk like a thief near the house of the righteous. Do not plunder their dwelling place. For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. But the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. 
Do not gloat when your enemy falls. When they stumble, do not let your heart rejoice. Or the Lord will see and disapprove and turn his wrath away from them. I'd like to pick out two little verses from this passage. The first is in verse 10. They're a bit like little tweets that you might see on Twitter. If you falter in the time of trouble, how small is your strength? I think that's a bit cutting, isn't it? It's a bit condemning. It, it makes me feel, oh, I'm not, I'm not strong enough. That's why I'm faltering in life. Listen to the next one, verse 15. For though the righteous fall seven times, they will rise again. Ah, I'm more likely to like that. I think that's much more encouraging that we, however many times we fall, we're going to get up, we're going to rise again. But I think the first verse is there to grab your attention and make you face facts that sometimes you're not as strong as you think you are. And as Phil said last week, actually the prudent give thought to their steps, they face the facts, they build strength in when they can, they take care and responsibility of our lives. But this week I want to focus on the fact that actually we're not just to call care for ourselves, that's not the object of wisdom, we're also to care for others. We're, if we've got some strength and wisdom and resources then we need to rescue others, we need to reach out to others who are staggering in a time of trouble and suffering. You know, uh, it was great, wasn't it, to see those people from our church who help in the NHS and the care sector. And those are people who care for others. They use their skills, their wisdom to literally rescue people from illness and from all that we have been through over the last few months. And we probably think, well, I can't be like them, but I think all of us have a responsibility to care for each other. I mean, the verse says that, you know, if you say to yourself, oh, I don't know anything about that, it's not my problem. God's looking at your heart and he, he wants you to be a compassionate person. He wants you to be the kind of person that will find out what people's needs are and will try and meet them. And maybe that might be a neighbour in your road that needs some shopping or maybe it's thinking about your small group and the fact that there's someone who's miss been missing for the last couple of weeks and instead of leaving it to the leader, you, you give them a call, you reach out. We need to be people who take care of one another. Now, I know there are times when we are so low ourselves that we can't take care of others. Actually, we're struggling to take care of ourselves. And certainly when I sat in that coffee shop with an ice pack on my ankle, I thought, I'll be, I'm going to be fine. It's just a sprain. It's going to be fine. But actually, as I tried to put weight on that ankle, I realised the ice hadn't made any difference and I needed to go to A&E. And I think there's some of you today who you need to get some help for your life. You know, 
Maybe you're sliding into debt because you're furloughed. Maybe you've got a relationship that's gone really difficult in the lockdown. Maybe your mental health issues are beginning to affect you and wear you down. I would encourage you to just request prayer today and we will get in contact with you. We'll try and bring resources and the right people to help you. We'll try and take care of you because that's what we do as the body of Christ. We care for one another. So let's take care. Let's also take refuge in God. You know, we need him, don't we? We need his help when we face times of trouble. And times of trouble come in various forms. I've been reading a great book by Tim Keller about suffering, and he describes four different types of suffering. The first is when you falter and because of your own mistakes or sin, you cause yourself pain. There are consequences of your actions that you have to live with. And when those things happen, we need to go to God and ask him to forgive us and help us. Sometimes the trouble we face comes from other people through their actions, through systems and processes that bring pain and suffering to us as a group of people or as a, us as an individual. And we need to bring truth to bear in those situations and we need to see justice come in those situations. We need to call out to God to help us bring reconciliation and forgiveness as well. Thirdly, there is a type of suffering and trouble that just comes because we're human. Eventually, all of us will face loss and death. We live in a fallen world, so we will face trouble. And we need to lean into God for comfort and strength. And sometimes there are just these massive things that cause suffering, like global pandemics. And there seem no rhyme or reason to them. We're not being punished. We're, it's, it's just something that's happening. And in those moments, we need to find refuge in God. We need to reach out, trusting that behind the scenes, he is still in control. He is still Lord of the nations, Lord of creation. You know, in Proverbs, there are a number of verses that speak about taking refuge in God. Let me just read them to you. Whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress and for their children, it will be a refuge. Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. Aren't those wonderful words that we can take refuge in God? That even if we fall seven times, that means many times, we can rise again if we take refuge in God. Our righteousness isn't about our deeds. It's about what Jesus has done in us. And so we can reach out to him in trust 
and take refuge in him. But what does that really mean to take refuge? Well, I think there's three things it can mean. The first thing is we have to give up taking refuge in other things. I don't know what you take refuge and comfort in. Maybe you've just been having too many visits to the fridge while you've been in lockdown or binging on Netflix or just looking at your phone constantly for updates, even though you know that makes you more anxious. Or maybe it's opening that bottle of wine earlier and earlier every day. Whatever it is that you think is going to bring you safety and security is nothing like God. Only God can be your true refuge. So take refuge in God and stop taking refuge in other things. Pray. I mean, that's just talking to God. It's just telling him what you feel, what your concerns are, is reaching out to him. It's saying, help, help me. Pray. Find promises of God that will encourage your heart. You know, Proverbs talks about the wisdom of God being like honey that you eat and it does you good. The word of God will do you good. You need to eat it. You need to read it. You need to absorb it and let it do its work in your life. You need to stand on the promises of God. You know, I've been, I keep going back to Philippians 4 during this season. Such a wonderful passage. It talks about prayer, talks about finding things to be grateful for, rejoicing in God. And then it says, if you do those things, that the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What a wonderful promise. And in Proverbs, it says that God guards our life. He is there for us. Let's take refuge in him today. So let's take care of our lives. Let's take care of others. Let's take refuge in God. And finally, let's take a step of faith. You know, when I um, was on crutches and I came back from the hospital, the thing I was really scared about was going up the stairs on crutches. I mean, I, I was looking at YouTube videos to find out how to do it. And, you know, William kind of stood behind me as I went up the stairs. But I had to take a step if I wanted to sleep in my own bed. If I wanted to get truly mobile, I had to take a step. And, you know, I know that some of you are feeling really low right now. You feel like you've fallen seven times. And you wonder if you can ever get up. But the God who you take refuge in is saying, come on, take a step, take a step. And he will lift you up. He will restore you. He will bring strength and healing and hope to your heart. You know, there's lots of stories in the Bible of great men and women of faith who fell and then got up again. They took a step. I mean, think of Ruth in the Old Testament. She was a young woman who was a widow. And her whole family story was one of sorrow and bereavement. First, 
her father-in-law died and then her husband died and then her husband's brother died. And so they ended up as three widows together, Ruth and Naomi and Ophra. And Naomi was from Israel. This all took place in the pagan nation of Moab and Ruth was actually a Moabite. And at one point with all this going on, Eventually, Naomi says, I'm going to go back to Israel. I'm going to go back. Maybe things will be better there. And Ruth could easily have said, well, I'd rather stay here where I know people and I know my own country. But she decides to take care of Naomi. She's not going to let Naomi do that journey all by herself as a vulnerable widow. But she doesn't just take care of Naomi. She decides to take refuge in the God of Naomi, the God of Israel. And she says, your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Maybe there's some of you that need to take refuge in God today, as Ruth did. And so she goes on this journey and they go back and they arrive back and people welcome them. And I wonder if they thought things would be much better and that people would rally round and help them, but it, it didn't work out like that. And actually they're still two penniless, you know, poor women. And so Ruth has to literally go into the fields. It was an agricultural area and she has to beg for the leftovers and bring them home that they would have something to eat. And as a young woman in the fields, as a foreigner, as someone who probably people thought, uh, she's, she's not a believer, we won't count her, she, she probably would have been at risk in those fields. But one farmer, Boaz, he takes kindly to her and he sees that she's taken refuge in God and so he is generous to her but they're still just kind of, yeah, getting by day by day. And then Naomi comes up with a plan. It's a bold plan and it involves Ruth taking a step of faith. And basically what it means is that Ruth has to go to the field in the middle of the night where Boaz is guarding the crops and she's got to propose to him. Wow, that is taking a step of faith. But actually, he accepts and he works out the legal side of it and they marry. And what's more, eventually they have a child and that child becomes the grandfather of King David. And so from being penniless widows, they are raised up to be in the lineage of a king. What an amazing story of hope in a time of trouble. Or what about Peter? He was a disciple of Jesus. He was quite impulsive and he has quite a few ups and downs. I mean, he's the first disciple to say that Jesus is the son of the living God. But he's also the first disciple that Jesus says to him, get behind me, Satan because he doesn't realise Jesus is going to have to go to the cross. He's the first disciple to walk on water, but he also sinks because he takes his eyes off Jesus. 
And what about that moment when he betrays Jesus? Oh, what a terrible fall. We read that he wept bitter tears. I'm sure they were tears not just of remorse and regret, but also repentance. And you know, after Jesus is raised from the dead, he, he meets with Peter. I'm sure he looks him in the eye and he forgives Peter. And what's more, he says to him, feed my sheep. He recommissions him to be a leader, to be a man who will lift up others. And sure enough, on the day of Pentecost, when Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit, he doesn't hang back. He doesn't wait for another apostle to speak. He steps up and he steps into the space and he preaches the gospel and thousands come to faith. There are many other moments in Peter's life. I mean, he faces flogging and imprisonment. He sees great answers to prayer. He's the first one to preach to the Gentiles, but he also backtracks from that and at one point refuses to eat with Gentiles and has to be told off by Paul. Eventually he is martyred. But in all those ups and downs, he rises because the spirit of Jesus, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead was at work in Peter's life. And he is at work in our lives. If, if you are a believer today, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead can rise you up from whatever you are facing, whatever time of trouble is weighing you down, whatever fall you've gone through, you can rise. I want to end by reading a great passage from the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 40. You know, they went through terrible times. They were exiled. They knew hardship and sorrow. And they were pretty good at moaning as well. And in this passage, the prophet Isaiah is telling them, you know, stop moaning, take refuge in God and he will raise you up. Let me read Isaiah 40, beginning at verse 27. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you this morning and some of us know what it is to fall, to be weary, to be downtrodden. And Lord, we want to take care of one another. We want to lift one another up. 
we want to take refuge in you right now. We say again, we trust in you. You are our source of strength. And we ask you, just as you raise Jesus from the dead, will you lift us up? Will you enable us to take the steps that will help us grow in faith and live a life of victory and hope, even in this time of trouble, we pray. Amen.